Hey, this is the Thrive Church Podcast. Our hope is this message will help you thrive with God and thrive in life. We'd love to have you join us on a Sunday soon. Enjoy the message. The title of my message today is Intention and Attention. Intention and Attention. I think one of the biggest catalysts and inhibitors to your intention, so your plan, what you want to do, what you intend to do is your attention. One of the biggest catalysts or inhibitors to your intentions is your attention. You know, a definition of intention is really, is what you're planning to do. I intend to do this. If you were to Google attention, if you Google it right now, you would find it's meaning it's a, a notice taken of someone or something and regarding of someone or something as interesting and important. And it's when our intention and attention are lined up that we will actually go where we want to go, where we will uh, reach where we want to reach. I want to ask you this. What is your intention for your life? What is your plan for your life? And I'll ask you this too. Where is your attention? Where is your attention in life? I think for many people right now, our plans, there's been some times where plans have changed. There's maybe some parts where we have to recalculate, reevaluate. And in this, I think it's a great opportunity to evaluate where, what is my intention for life? What is, what is my plan for life? And then also to, to evaluate where's my attention, where's my focus in life. And even if maybe you're, you're not in a, a point where you have to recalculate, but right now I think it's a great time to just even evaluate where is my intention and where is my attention? Because it's one of the biggest catalysts for you to reach where you want to go is your intention and your attention lining up. Now, has this ever happened to you? Maybe it has, maybe it hasn't, but this has happened to me so many times. I wake up, well, yeah, I do, but I go downstairs and I get a coffee. I want to get a coffee. So I get, I go from the cupboard, I, I pull out a mug, I put it under the coffee machine, I press the button. So I press the button to make a coffee. Then I get a text, then another text. So I go, I'm reading this text, I respond, and then I get another text. Then maybe I'm like, oh, I need to send this email real quick. So then I send an email and then I see, oh, my inbox. And so then I just respond real quick to that, e that email. And then I think, oh, I need to do this. And then maybe I'll get a call. And an hour later, I realize that I forgot something. I, I put that coffee cup under the machine, but I'd never taken that coffee. Why? Because my attention went all these other places. All these different things were grabbing, pulling for my attention. So my intention, my plan was to have some glorious coffee. Give me a, give me a like praise hands, thumbs up in the emoji, uh, thumbs up. If you are like, yeah, I like my coffee in the morning. If you're a tea person, Hey, Jesus loves you. That is great too. But you know, I, my intention was to have that coffee, but my attention where my focus was got pulled in so many different directions. So my intention was just that it was an intention. It never happened. 
because my focus was being pulled elsewhere. Has that ever happened to you? Maybe it's happened to you with it with like that or something else. But in Philippians three 13, uh, the apostle Paul, he writes this brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do forgetting what lies behind reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, if right now, if you're in your living room, I would hear you say, amen. Yeah, that's good. Come on, Apostle Paul. That's a good one, right? I think almost all of us say that is what I want. I want to, to reach that upward call that God has on my life. I want to live in the fullness of God's plans, his purposes for me, because we know that God's plans for us are good, a hope, a future, right? We say, yes, I want what Paul's saying. I think we have the intention to live what Paul is saying. But I think just like what happens with my coffee in the morning is I think sometimes things can come up and steal and try and get our attention and it pulls it away from what we intend to do. We may have the intention of, yeah, I want to do what Paul's saying, but then our attention, our focus gets pulled away. You know, the busyness of life, work, kids, family, relationships. I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this, 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 you know, an, 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 an emergency. How am I going to handle this? Then you start thinking about that. It takes your attention, unexpected bills, and maybe some financial pressure. How am I going to pay this? How am I going to make it through? You know, maybe a loss of job. How am I going to make ends meet? Maybe there's some, just some things at work that you need to figure out a big, important client. And okay, how am I going to, to continue with this? What am I going to do? How am I going to get that contract? Or we can focus even on our career. I need to get this, 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 I need to hustle, right? And so many of those things are important. They're valid. It makes sense that they are getting our attention or trying to get our attention. But when these things come up often, I find the attention, our attention actually goes to I. What am I going to do? How am I going to work this out? I need to figure this out. What, wh what even am I going to do? I, I, I. I think oftentimes when things come up, it can bring the attention, our attention, my attention, your attention back to I. And these things bring us back to our attention of me, I, however, all these things I think are valid. They're yeah, they're important, but I think they can actually be a trigger for us to turn our attention instead to God instead of I, I'm going to talk about that a little later, but another thing that, that really jockeys for our attention is daily life. It's filled with things just trying to get your attention. Your phone uh, dings always, right? Vibrates, okay, text message, a call, push notifications. Like, why do I have all these push notifications? Like, I don't need to know this. I don't need to know that San Francisco's weather is like 40 degrees. It's winter here. Why am I getting this, right? Emails and then advertisements, constant advertisements. Like, I just want to go on YouTube and learn how to make this meal, 
And no, there's advertisements for everything. And the worst too is if you don't click off the advertisement. And so now the algorithm thinks, oh, yeah, they watched this one time, so it just keeps showing you. Mine right now is about how tomatoes are bad for you. Come on, I'm growing tomatoes. But on a real interesting note, a real note, not a, me whining about the advertisement that I'm seeing, is this, is that society and culture and advertisements really say, life's attention should be on me. It should be on I. My happiness, do what makes you happy. Hey, if you drink this beverage, it will make you feel so happy, right? You will dance in the streets when you have this fizzy beverage, right? Or know what, Emma, this, this, uh, this website says, this is a recommended product for you. It will make you happy, right? Or I think as well, it, things say, okay, this is my, focus on my success, my pleasure, my achievement, attention on I, this is how I will be successful, how I will be happy, prosper, live well. I think Steve Jobs really sums it up well when he made the iPhone, the iPad, and uh, there was, kids, there was this one time there was something called an iPod before your phones could play music. But, right, iPad. However, the reality is I think culture says I and brings, tries to bring focus onto I. However, I think if you live a life that is lived for just I and I focus. It, I sort of think of it this way. It's sort of like if you go to bite, bite in like a chocolate bar and it's like a milk chocolate bar, you take a bite in and it's like, oh, this isn't as advertised. And then you read the description, it actually says milk chocolate flavoring, right? It's not satisfying. It's not as advertised. It's not as good. However, Life lived for self is, is not as advertised. It's empty. It's like what the writer of Ecclesiastes says. It's vanity, vanity, pointless, pointless. A life lived trying to do it on, his own, on our own too. Like trying to, I got to figure this out. I have to solve it. I, I, I is exhausting. It's tiring. In Romans 8, 5, it says this. Those who think that they can do it on their own end up obsessing with measuring their own moral muscle, but never get around to exercising it in real life. Those who trust God's action in them find that God's spirit is in them, living and breathing God. Obsession with self in these matters is, is a dead end. Attention to God leads us out into the open, into the spacious, free life. Attention to God leads us into the open, into the spacious, free life. Focusing on self is the opposite of focusing on God. Anyone completely absorbed in self ignores God, ends up thinking more about themselves than God. That person ignores who God is and what he is doing. God isn't pleased at being ignored. That's what the message says about, hey, when you're focusing on self, it really is not a life well lived. That God has a life for you that is better than what you could plan, you could imagine, but it doesn't come about from focusing on I. It goes on attention to God. He will lead you into that wide open, spacious life that he has for you. For us to walk in the, what God has called us to do. Because God has a plan. He has a purpose for your life. As long as you are breathing, God has a plan and a purpose and a destiny for you.
So how do, how do we get our intention? Because I think so many of us are saying, yeah, my intention is to go for what God has for me, to, to look unto Jesus, to, to, to do what God has for me. How do we get those intentions and our attention to line up, to be on Jesus when so many other things are screaming for our attention? Some valid things that come up, emergencies, challenges, just work that we need to do, or then just some loud noises that are just trying to take attention away. I think the first thing we can do is I must decrease. I must decrease. You know, John the Baptist said when Jesus was coming, he said, he must increase, but I must decrease. Our attention on ourself, I think needs to decrease. Sort of like if you had a coffee cup. Now, if I had a coffee cup that was sitting there, remember that coffee cup I was talking about? I was sitting there just underneath. Now it's cold, it's old. And if I want a new coffee, but there's no more room in that coffee cup. So what do I need to do? I need to decrease what was the old, what was sort of smelly, sort of now like old nasty, pour that out so that now I can get the new. So we need to decrease the I, because if we're full of I, 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 we don't give room for God to work in our life for what God is doing. But if we decrease I, decrease the attention of I, my goals, my purpose, my way, my happiness, my plans, my work. If we decrease that and instead uh, decrease that, we allow his, him to increase in us. You know, Matthew 6, verse 9, uh, Jesus says, when, when they say, hey, how do you pray? He says, uh, pray, our Father who art in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. In the Passion, it says this. I love it. It says, our Father dwelling in heavenly realms, May the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. I love that. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. There's not much I in there, but more your. The golden life is not I or me. It's really, it's God. It's his kingdom. His will be done. Because life is for you, but it's not just about you. God's blessing is for you, but it's not just about you. God said to Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. But know what? That blessing wasn't just for Abraham. That blessing was for generations to come so that God could bless nations through Abraham, generations through Abraham. So when we decrease, we allow God to increase in our life. We decrease where we say, I'm laying down my plans, my, my timelines, my ideas. We allow his plans, his purposes, his spirit, and he will lead you and guide you into what he has for you, which is good. It is a path of good because your life and my life really is part of his story. Be a part of his story. And how cool is that? That when you say, God, I'm decreasing so you can increase. You are then more and more a part of his story, God's story.
In James 4, 6, it says, and he gives grace generously. As the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Grace really is an empowerment, God's empowerment. So when we humble ourselves, say, God, I'm decreasing so you can increase. He will empower you so that you can really thrive with God and he will cause you to thrive in life. I also think many times I gets in the way from us receiving from God and what God's trying to do in our life. You know, because I had nothing to do with your salvation. I had nothing to do with it. It was all about the finished works of Jesus. What Jesus did is why I now have salvation. Because of what Jesus did is why you have salvation. So why does that change in other areas? But I think at times we can bring I into it. But when we just get I out of the way, decrease, we allow his peace, his joy, his provision, his leading, his plans when we allow that, because everything we need really is in Jesus. So the first thing is, I must decrease. The second thing is, give God your best. If you want your intention and attention to line up, you got to give God your best. You know, if the queen is coming, we, we live in a constitutional monarchy, so I don't know where your stance is on that, even if you didn't like the queen. If she's coming to your house, you're, you're probably not going to like just look in the fridge and go for like four days ago leftovers. You're probably going to put out, you know, the nice plates. You're going to maybe hold back the chip plate. You're going to, you know, serve a nice, what, well, I'd probably serve steak because that's what I can do. Steak and potatoes. Be like, this is Alberta beef, your majesty. But, you know, you'd serve the best. And I think too, what about with the, when the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus is in your life. I think at times we can serve our leftovers. We can, a leftovers of our time, our effort, our energy, our resources. But Matthew 6.33 says this, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. We need to seek God first, give God his best, not give leftovers, but give him our best. If we want our intention and attention to line up, give him our best of our time. What does that mean? It means like, Hey, what about when is, when are you most like alert? And it's like prime time for you. Give that to God. If you're a morning person, give that time to God. When you spend with him, if you're a night person, maybe that's when you, you should do your devos because that's when you can really focus and tune in. Right. Um, in terms of giving God our best with our returning our tithes, not giving God our leftovers, but actually putting God first. God is very clear about that, that God, we're putting you first, not giving our leftovers, giving um, our best, our first efforts in everything we do, do unto the Lord, our energy. And, you know, by giving God our best, it is not for God's approval. It is not for God's love. It is not for God, you to move up in like the spiritual, right? Level up at all because that's going back to again, I, your God loves you 
because of Jesus. You're forgiven because of Jesus. Your salvation because of Jesus. Your, the grace of God on you is because of Jesus. Know what giving God your best is? It is honor and worshiping God. It is honoring and worshiping God with your best. You know, in, in the Old Testament, it talked about how uh, they had to sacrifice. They had to sacrifice lambs, goats, and a ton of other things if you read through. But they never brought their leftovers. God actually said, bring me like the spotless lamb. So like the best and sacrifice that to me. Thank goodness we don't have to do that now. Jesus, he, he fulfilled the law and now we have a better covenant, better promises that the blood of Jesus washed away all sins. It didn't just cover like the, the blood of bulls and goats and lambs. But now we're not asked to sacrifice a lamb like in the Old Testament. Know what we're asked to do? For us to be a living sacrifice. A living, actually give God worship daily. And we do this, I think, by, I want to give God my best. And when you do, I believe that that lines up your intention of God. I want your plans with actually your attention and saying, God, I give it to you. Colossians 3, 23 says this, work willingly at whatever you do as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and the master you are serving is Christ. Hey, let's give God not leftovers, but our best. And the third thing is have eyes with fixed purpose. Have eyes with fixed purpose. In John 14, 6, Jesus said this. He said, Jesus answered. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You know, uh, Canadians, I, I, I'm, I love being a Canadian. Like, I'm, there's so many things I'm proud of uh, about being a Canadian. But one of the things that I think that as Canadians we should be proud of is that we drive in conditions that would shut any other city down. It's like, oh, three feet of snow? Oh, that's no problem. Schools are still open. All right, like still driving through on work. Like, we drive in what... Whatever places would shut the city down. Yeah, that's Canadian. So when I got my license, when I wanted to get my license, I took driving like instruction courses. And the the only thing that I remember from that, besides this is the brake, this is the gas. No, I'm joking. But the only thing that I remember that was very useful that I still use today. Thanks, Kent Choi. He said this to me. He said this is when you are spinning out, when you hit black ice. Right? If you drive in Calgary any amount of time, eventually you will hit some black ice. When you are driving and you hit black ice and you are spinning, don't look to the ditch. Don't look to that light pole. Don't look to that sign made out of concrete. Look to where you want to go. Have your focus. Be purposeful in your focus even when you're spinning out. Look where you want to go. You know, I, I think we need to be purposeful no matter what season we're in. 
If we're in a great season or in a season of uncertainty where it seems as though the car of life is spinning to be purposeful in fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Check this out. In Proverbs 4, 25, it says this. Set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose Looking straight ahead, ignore life's distractions. Watch where you're going. Stick to the path of truth. Jesus said he was the truth. And the road will be safe and smooth before you. Don't allow yourself to be sidetracked even for a moment. Or take the detour that leads to darkness. We need to have fixed purpose. No matter what season of life we're in, I am going to look unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of my faith. That's what Hebrews 12 says. In Hebrews 12, 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising shame. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hey, I want to encourage you to be purposeful, fixing your eyes on Jesus, no matter what season you're in. And when you do, I believe that your intention of like, God, I want to live what you have and your attention where your focus is will be lined up. And what does that mean? Practically be purposeful about spending time with, with God, not just it. It will happen when it happens. Actually put it in just like you would an important meeting. Hey, you're meeting with the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, who loves you, who wants a relationship with you, who has good plans for you, a hope, a future. And so make it of a priority of I'm purposefully going to spend time with God, spend time in his word and in prayer purposeful about making church, which was God's idea, a priority in your life. You know, there's so many opportunities from uh, thrive online on Sundays, Monday to Thursdays. We have thrive live at eight o'clock Calgary time. Just a great way to get into the word connect or even into, uh, you know, small groups, those sort of things. Make that a priority. Be purposeful to get rid of those distractions that are constantly pulling you away. Now, everybody's distractions, I think, are different. Maybe it's Netflix. Maybe it's the gram. Maybe it's something entirely different. But be purposeful to get rid of those things so you can focus. Purposeful, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, even when life is spinning. In the midst of all the things of life that are trying to get our attention, some valid, some that are just noise, tr- chatter, that's just trying to get our distraction. In order to have our attention lined up with our intention so that we can do life with Jesus, so that we can live the life that God has called us to do, that upward call of God, I believe what will help us was, I must decrease so he can increase. Give God your best not your leftovers and have eyes with fixed purpose on Jesus in the midst of noise to seek him because he is our goal. If you want to know what's life's purpose, Hey, it's to know Jesus and to make him known. 
It's to do life with him. You know, our mission at, at our church really is to thrive with God and to thrive in life. Because really, if you just thrive with God, every other area of your life will thrive because that is who God is. He's got good plans for you. He loves you. And as you have your intention on him and your attention on him, I believe that he will lead you. He will guide you. He will guide you through uncertainty. He'll guide you through challenges. When life feels like it's spinning, that he will lead you to a way, right? He is your shepherd. He will lead you. He will guide you. And even when life's like, hey, it's going pretty good. He'll be like, yeah, but this way with me, it's even better. It's even better. Because he's got good plans for you, a hope, a future. I want to encourage you with this. Know this today. God, he loves you. He loves you. And my favorite scripture is Romans 8, 38, 39 that says, absolutely nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Today, know this. He loves you. And we can put our intention on him, his plans, his purposes. And when we line up our attention, our focus on him, I know that you will have the life, the plans, the purposes that God has for you. And because it's not, it's not just about you, but for those people that God wants to impact, bless, and for you to bring up to that upward call that God has on your life. Hey, I want to give you an opportunity. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want to give you an opportunity today to say, Jesus, I want to make you Lord of my life. I want to do life with you. I want to set my intention away from myself or away from all these other things to you. I want to give you that opportunity today because when you set your intention, your life, your focus, your purpose on Jesus, I know that you will have a life that is to the full, a wide open, spacious life that God has for you. And you'll walk in the plans, the purposes, because God, he loves you and he's got good plans for you. If that's you today, would you repeat this after me? Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross, rising again, taking my sins. I make you Lord of my life. Fill me with your love, your spirit, your peace. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed that for the first time, know this, right now, heaven is cheering. They're partying right now because you are now part of the family. If you prayed that for the first time, you can message us. I'd love to get you some more information of what happened when you prayed that um, prayer for the first time. Hey, I also want to pray for if you're here today and you're like, Josiah, you know, my attention has been just on all these other things. I want to get my attention back on to him because my intention is, is God, his plans, his purposes, but my attention has been all over. I want to get it back. I want to recalculate today. I want to pray for you right now. Father, I thank you for every single person watching. God, I thank you that you've got good plans for them, a hope, a future. Father, I just pray right now that you would just give your peace right now. 
your tangible peace that goes beyond all understanding. Father, I thank you that you lead us and guide us. So Father, I'm just asking that Holy Spirit would just remind us as, as these things are, are coming and trying to steal or scream for our attention, that Holy Spirit, you would remind us to keep our eyes focused on you. God, I thank you that we're not doing this by our own power, our own might, but it's by your spirit. So God, I ask that you would empower us that our attention would be back onto you, that you would help us to decrease I so that you can increase. Father, I'm asking that you would help us have eyes fixed with purpose on you, Father. Father, I thank you that you are good. You are faithful. Father, I thank you that you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Thrive Church Podcast. We hope this message helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We'd love to have you join us a Sunday soon. For more information about Thrive Church, you can go to our website, thrivecalgary.ca. See you next time.